The NFL draft is coming to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Who thought that this was going to be getting done? Green Bay is going to host in 2025, and it is going to be absolutely electric. We were talking about this. The NFL's smallest city uh, is not big enough to host a Super Bowl, but it will get the next best. Is the draft the next best thing in the NFL, Rowdy? If for big-time premier events, I guess it would be. Yeah, I mean, what, what else, else would, would there, there be? really be? But, I mean, Green Bay and Packer fans wanted the Super Bowl, but Super Bowl doesn't make a ton of sense when it's going to be freezing cold and it's called, I don't know. It would be cool, but it's... The frozen tundra? Yeah, it's, it'd be cool, it's not going to happen. Like, Minnesota works because it was indoors. Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily know if, if Green Bay would work just from a temperature standpoint and the fact... The infrastructure? That, yeah, <laughs> you get up. so many people. Like, I, I almost feel like the NFL, this could be, be like a trial run, right? Where if a, a draft goes really, really well in Green Bay and there's not a bunch of overload with number of people uh, and everything, then maybe they would consider an, a, a Super Bowl down the road. But I think uh, the draft is a good start. And yeah, hey, draft is cool, man. Um, would that be your, your boy Mark Murphy's last year? It would be. That's the I immediately thought of that because once you're 70 years old, you're no longer allowed to be the president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers as uh, they force you out. So that's Mark Murphy's swan song, his last hurrah. Yeah, Wisconsin, I mean, Mark Murphy... For as much as I think he's a schlep, he has done good for the Packers when it comes to the money side of things. Uh, Titletown was his baby, uh, you know, remodeling, revamping that area, and that was in hopes to get, like, the NFL draft. So, I mean, it's been nearly a decade in the making. Hell, the Packers were in the running for uh, the draft that's going to be coming up in 2024. Uh, it said that's going to Detroit, obviously. But, yeah, 2025, uh, the draft will take place, quote, inside and around iconic Lambeau Field and Titletown, according to the announcement by the Green Bay Packers. Pretty cool, man. Um, let's see here. Uh, Pre- President Mark Murphy first revealed in 2016 that to, the team combined with local government and tourism officials to put in a bid to host the draft in as early as 2019. Though there had been concerns about whether the Packers had enough infrastructure, Green Bay did, excuse me, including hotels and convention space to host a, a larger scale event. Well, they got the rest center right there, Rowdy. Uh, they obviously have Lambeau, and now they have Titletown. This. We got to go like we're well, we were we're talking about it for the draft uh, just a a month or so ago where we were like, if it ever comes to Green Bay, we're going to have to try it once. Because remember, we were laughing at the halftime or not the halftime, the the performances. I don't even know what to call them. The draft performances (laughs) and kind of the sights and sounds of the NFL draft in Kansas City just a month ago. Now, um, one of my uh, one of my family members, his daughter, he's. How would this work? I guess he would be my my step uncle. His daughter lives in Kansas City, so they went to the draft. But they don't live like in the heart of it. They went to the draft. He parked. What was it, Rowdy? What did he say? He parked four miles away. He parked four miles away and walked uh, to the draft because of the the parking was just so ridiculous. Um, and we made fun of it. Like, why why would you want to walk that far? Then what would you, what would you do there? Like. Would you ever travel to go see the draft? I, I, I thought about going to the Chicago Chicago when they had it. Uh, didn't do it. I don't know, Rowdy. Would you travel far distances to go to the draft? I will go to Green Bay to see, you know, check out the draft. But would you travel to another city? No. No, neither would I. I don't even think I would travel to Chicago. I'm going, I would go to Green Bay. We have a little something different uh, than most people. Like, already on Twitch here, our guy X-Ray Punk, he says, and Grant Bills, who will join us today, he goes, I agree with Grant. I have no interest in going to the draft. 
Good for Green Bay, though. I, you know, as I'd was, go for one night, and you know which night I think I would go for if I had to choose one? It would be Thursday. The opening Because, night. one, you're excited. Depending on where you're drafting, you probably have a pretty good idea of what your team is going to do. Yeah. And you'd be sitting there cheering for it, blah, blah, blah. I feel like Friday, or, or especially Saturday, it would just be like, man, this is really long. Man. So they have all the events. You know, I don't know all the guys that they're drafting or who is this? What does he do? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you'd be, I feel like you'd be more in and it would be more fun Thursday night, night one. Yeah. There'd be more drama. The rest of it, it feels like there'd be a lot of standing and waiting. Now I get that they have those musical acts and everything, but it's like, how many, I don't, I don't go three minute songs. I want to see. I don't go to the draft to watch Bruno Mars. I went for the, draft for the yeah well you wouldn't even get bruno mars on the second day though you'd uh you'd get like a house band you'd get like the weisenheimers there playing or maybe the happy schnapps combo uh which would be cool in itself but it'd be an event there'd be events all around green bay it's different for us though i know some people wouldn't want to go like some guys are like i don't care about the draft just tell me who the packers get and let's go from there we got it a little different we could have an in i will already be sweet talking the one and only pam yankee the fabulous farm babe she has what is known as Pambo. She has a house, which is literally like a block, of, not even a block away from Lambeau Field. You're in her yard. You're looking at Lambeau Field. So, Rowdy, we already have an inn. Like, we don't have to worry well, about parking. We might parking. have to fight some people for that location. Oh, no, no, no. We, we're good. We, we don't have to worry about parking. We don't have to worry about, you know, crashing anywhere. We just roll right in, park our car right in Pambo's driveway. We have a spot to party. Drink, sleep, go to the bathroom, etc. Home base, and then we could just walk around Lambo. We already, we already got it in. Pam will let us be a shoe in, so we have that going for us. It would be really cool. I just, I'm curious to see like, like your day one. You said Thursday night. I wonder will the Packers will be picking then. <laughs> would you get the Packers a good team, a bad team? I guess we'll find out in two well, years. It all, it all hinges on Jordan Love. Jordan Love, indeed. If Jordan Love is good. Might be waiting a while on Thursday night. If Jordan Love isn't, seven might o'clock be picking up pretty high. <laughs> Before eight o'clock, we might we might be able to call it a night early. We could. And now, in the years past, you'd have to stay all up till about ten thirty for the Packers just to trade out of the first round. Uh, now you could be having the Packers picking, you know, high. So let's see here. Uh, yeah, Detroit is uh, next year for the NFL's draft, and then it's Green Bay, a little Midwest flair. Uh, for the NFL. So the Packers said the festivities will include several days of activities and the NFL draft experience near the stadium during all three days of the event. So I uh, bet you Krolls will be rocking that little uh, little burger uh, supper club right there. That'll be a nice little joint. Uh, let's see here. Mark Murphy also said this is an incredible day for the Packers, the greater Green Bay, and the entire state of Wisconsin. We're excited and honored to be selected to host the 2025 NFL Draft. Packers have a rich, proud history that goes back to the early days of the NFL and are the only community-owned team. Oh, yeah. The connection to our league's heritage combined with the great passion Packer fans will bring makes this draft a memorable event for those in attendance and NFL fans watching around the world. I saw a lot of big J's, though, Rowdy. Very perturbed that Green Bay got it. Uh, What was it? Some guy, uh, Benjamin. God, that was his last name. Uh, Benjamin Albright, is that? Yeah, I think that's a guy uh, for the covers of the NFL. He was like, I could see Milwaukee having it, but Green Bay? Who would want it in Green Bay? Why would you want it in Milwaukee? Yeah, I know uh, normally when they do all of those Super Bowl 
or Super Bowl or drafts, they play at the place that plays in the NFL. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, Last I checked, the Packers don't play in Milwaukee. Like I don't. I don't think the the draft was ever considered to be placed in. I don't know, Champaign, Illinois versus <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, would they want Brett Bielema to be like a, a keynote speaker in Champaign if that was the case? But yeah, oh, I can't believe they're having it in Green Bay. What is Green Bay is probably the coolest city for any NFL franchise. Look what you have. You have suburbia. Uh, you have just blue-collar America. It's like a throwback in time, and an NFL team, bloop, Drop well, right in the middle. That's, that's the coolest, coolest experience in the NFL. That Big J might get his wish about Milwaukee. He might have to stay there because of the <laughs> lack of infrastructure and, and I guess, hotels from Green Bay area. They might have to put him down in Milwaukee. Uh, I got to find – yeah, we could gladly send this guy there. I don't even want him to come. I, I got I to gotta find his name. I look at I gotta remember what he said because it was something that was just asinine. I was like, "What? What do you have against Green Bay? Like, it, it, it's so cool of an experience uh, for an NFL franchise." Uh, we'll get into the minutia of it all. Who's more excited, Detroit getting the theirs in twenty twenty four, Green Bay in twenty twenty five? Boys, what'd you rather go to, Detroit or Green Bay? Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. Green Bay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the amenities around Green Bay. I mean, that's why they uh, built built up Titletown. Now, the Lodge uh, Kohler, only 134 guest rooms. That's going to be uh, at a premium, I would imagine. Airbnbs are going to be skyrocketing. What do you think the prices for those 134 are going to go for? Yikes. I would imagine, <laughs> imagine a good... Billion, trillion dollars. Can well, you, how, the NFL will probably buy those out and give those to... At least for night one. for Media members and... Media draft well, picks. Dra- that's probably yeah. The that's probably where they're going to stage the the uh, actual team personnel and pos- uh, probable first round draft picks for the green room and you know anybody who fl- lines into the second round who's invited. To I heard show them up. talking about like where they're going to have it. Like they weren't know if they're going to have the draft itself in the rest center, which is right by Lambo, or in Lambo itself. Yeah. What would you guys prefer? I think it'd be cool, like in the elements in Lambo. Yeah, I think outside because yeah. it's, it's you got to showcase what it it's is. It's always late April, and we know that late April you're starting to see nicer weather. Yeah, I think it would be cooler. No, I think it would be cooler if it was out in the open. It'd be a lot cooler if you did around Lambo. But did. we could also be getting rain. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be cool in Lambo out in the elements to see it. But yeah, the rain it would be it would be very uh, scenic, picturesque, if you will. If they were calling the names and some late April snow was falling, now that wouldn't be ideal for us who would want spring. But you know, just to have a little light snow come down, you got to because you got to showcase what makes Green Bay so great compared to all the other NFL cities. Is this literally is like suburbia? You go around. There's an old supper club. There's old houses. It's just like you're smack dab in the middle of uh, you know like Americana, and then there's a freaking Lambo. There's an NFL stadium. Like how that's so cool. Yeah. You don't get that anywhere else in the NFL city. It's all like either on the outskirts of a city or in the middle of a city. Where Rowdy, when you went to now it was a baseball stadium. When you were in Washington, what was it like going to to see the Nationals? Didn't you have to take the subway there? Oh well, yeah, DC. You can take the mm-hmm. subway that drops you off right at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. It's literally like a few hundred yard walk up to the ballpark where you get dropped. Now is there off tailgating or... around it? Is there like houses around it, or is it just literally just city? Uh, not really. Yeah. It's city. Yeah. Like that's so, 
if you're, if you're quote unquote tailgating, you're like at a local bar or restaurant that's in the area. Yeah. How cool would it be if you're uh, now the parking lot situation? We'll see what happens. But how cool would it be if you saw all the Wisconsinites out there in Green Bay for the draft tailgating? Everyone's got the grills <laughs> fired up, uh, cooking some brats, some burgers, having Bloody Marys, pounding some you know some Miller Lights out there. That'd I will be say awesome. this though: Boston and Chicago are a little different. Because it's right in the city. Like, obviously, Chicago, you're in Wrigleyville. Yeah. But there's a lot of different bars and things you can do that are, you know, just a walk away from the stadium. Mm -hmm. Same thing in Boston. It's right down in the city. But it's like, I think it's Yankee Way and all this other stuff where you have a bunch of different bars and things you can do that are right there, too. Yeah. Think of how cool it would be in Green Bay. You got the bars, right? It's not a parking lot like in Milwaukee, but there are a lot of things you can do in that area. Yeah. But D.C. was just kind of like... Here's, Plop it out and get off the subway, walk up, and here's your ballpark. Yeah, now get out after the game's done. How cool yeah. would it be, though? You're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, you can go park $20 in someone's yard, you know, uh, on a, in a house. They'll probably hand you a beer, say, hey, do you need to use the bathroom? Oh, do you need a hot dog? Uh, you can hear a brat. And then you can party in someone's house, uh, have some, you know, a keg or some beer. You can really walk there. There's bars all around Green Bay. You have the Titletown District that's got all kinds of cool stuff. And some people took offense uh, that I didn't know Wisconsin winners with my tweet yesterday saying that a little bittersweet that all the fans coming uh, from across the nation won't, to, uh, won't be able to experience Mark Murphy's sledding hill. Like, you must not know Wisconsin winners. I'm like, well, technically, well, I don't think April's the winter anymore. Th there's well, that. Late and, April. Yeah. And also, Mark Murphy's sledding hill closes in early March. <laughs> I don't, the people that were tweeting and, and Facebooking me about how I don't understand this, you, sirs and madams, are the true idiots. The Sledding Hill closes early March. I don't know what uh, what you want them to do, because uh, I don't think that Sledding Hill is going to be open. That is the crown jewel for Mark Murphy. The first day of spring is March 20th. <laughs> you, do, you don't know Wisconsin winters. Oh. Well, you obviously you don't, don't know, know what, Mark Murphy. You also don't know what the hell the equinoxes are. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the idiot here? Now, despite Murphy, Murphy kind of being a schlep and a kind of a buffoon when it comes to his triangle of power and and how he handles some things about on-the-field stuff. He does done very well of uh, ramping up the Green Bay area, Titletown District, uh, bringing all that in. And one of his goals was to have the NFL draft. Well, how the Packers wanted a Super Bowl. Uh, Rowdy, the Super Bowl ain't ever going to – do you think – all right, the draft is happening. That's, that's the second thing they wanted. They got it. There's no way a Super Bowl ever happens in Green Bay, right? I'm not sure. I feel like the – I don't want to rule it out, and the reason I say that is because basically I feel like the draft could be a trial run. Like, let's see how the draft goes in Green Bay. Let's see if they can accommodate the draft, and then it's like, well, we saw how, how well they accommodated the draft, or we saw how bad it was where they didn't have enough space. There's no way there could ever be a Super Bowl. Or actually, there was a lot more space, and they could fit a lot more people than we originally thought. Maybe they could have a Super Bowl, but I do think the one thing that hurts them with the Super Bowl is it's called the frozen tundra and the Super Bowl's in February. I'll say it's in February, the worst month out of the year in Wisconsin. If they put a dome on it, I think it's very possible. We riot if they put a dome on Lambeau. The one big issue would be, I think, what you would figure it out from the draft if you were going to be able to hold that amount of capacity just in general. 
I think it's going to be the weather that's really the yeah, determining factor. February is terrible in Wisconsin. That's that's when uh, also when you're just so sick of the winter, you just want it to be over with, and then you get that that frigid cold, and then you'll get dumped on with some big ass snowstorm when you think you're out of the woods. It's terrible. At least in for the draft, it's in late April, where you know you're probably not going to be getting any snow. It, it might be light snow, if that. Uh, Mark Murphy, though, uh, we're talking here. About bringing the draft. We are joined by Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy. And Mark, let me get this straight. The NFL's smallest market is awarded the league's biggest off-season event. I think congratulations are in order. Well, I think for everybody, we're, uh, I tell you, we are so excited and honored to uh, to be able to host a draft in 2025. it's, this is something we've been working on for a while. I think we started the process in 2016, and uh, I'm just really happy, not only for the organization, but uh, for the, the whole community. Actually, the higher, entire state's going to benefit from it. It's, uh, as you said, it's, it's a huge event, and uh, it grows every year, and uh, it's going to be spectacular. I, I'm really, really excited uh, for the community. How- uh, yeah, the whole state is going to you know, benefit from this because they're going to have to stay somewhere, and you ain't going to be able to stay all in Green Bay. <laughs> well, we're, wasn't it when they <laughs> were all over the state? Projecting that it, an NFL draft could potentially be, be located at Green Bay, that you would have people basically staying in the Green Bay area and then yeah. therefore the uh, Fox Valley, but all the way down to like, Milwaukee and potentially Racine and Kenosha. Totally. And and everywhere in between, which is basically the whole eastern part of the state. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of benefit factors of uh, just think think of the local economy for the Rosendale police pulling people over and trying to get to the uh, the NFL draft. The, the police can be pulling everyone over. But you got to imagine if they were if they were projecting people staying all the way down as far as Milwaukee or potentially Kenosha and Racine, it's almost got to go the same way North, so like yep. into Door County, and oh yeah, uh, hell, even maybe our guy and Paulie up in Marinette would be seeing some people staying there, a <laughs> couple hours away <laughs> from where the super or the the NFL draft would actually you be could. located. You could, yeah. I mean, people are going to make an event out of it, a uh, vacation out of it. I don't see why not. Uh, here's more from uh, Marcus Murphy. Oh, rigorous was the process. It's it's very rigorous. <laughs> I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's it's basically. Right behind bidding on a Super Bowl. And, and really, you know, you think about what the league has done. They have gradually built us into a major event. The impact it's going to have on us. And because of that, you've got a lot of cities that want to host it because they know the economic impact. And what's going to make it special in Green Bay is the passion of our fans. The way they support our team, not only Lambeau Field, but when we travel. I know our fans are really going to be excited about having a draft here in Green Bay. This is basically a two-year commercial on you know all the benefits of uh, and all that Green Bay has to offer. All right, so I'm reading here the NFL draft for Kansas City that just happened expected to bring in over 100 million dollars to just Kansas City alone. A 100 million dollars. Uh, let's see here, host cities hauled in 500 million dollars on the NFL draft. Uh, since the event has moved. So you could get uh, as low as 100 to upwards of 500. Speaking of crashing and burning, the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, yikes, 
Um, the power rankings are whatever. Uh, they're funny to see the little quips they have about them. Uh, the Brewers, this was before yesterday's game. Uh, they brought them down to 11th in the majors, saying it really looks like the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds are going to end up being being subpar at best this season, which narrows it down to make uh, the Cardinals and Brewers chief competition for the NL Central title. Say so Brewers won on Sunday, but before that they had lost 18 of 12. Can't help but wonder... Uh, at the end of the season, that stretch will be viewed as significant. And I'll throw another loss on because they lost last night. Monday night. Monday night it happened for yeah. the, the U-Haul? Yeah. Uh, for the Cardinals' catastrophic start, the Brewers really had an opportunity to bury the Cardinals and didn't. Well, that is true. They did have an opportunity when the, the Cardinals were playing them. good to really put some ground between them and the Cardinals, which... I think everybody knew that was the real threat in the central. I think uh, pretty much everyone knew the f- fact that the the Pirates, one, they were not real true contenders. They were going to start fading, and they kind of have. And Cincinnati wasn't a legit team. It was too early for the Cubs. It was basically the Brewers and the Cardinals. Now, the reason why it's hard for me to really fault somebody when it comes to the Brewers and why they haven't played well, it's because of this. Here are the starting pitchers that have hit the IL. <laughs> Ashby, Alexander, Hauser, Woody, Miley, Lauer. Relief pitchers that have hit the IL. Bacoskis, Bush, Cousins, Var- uh, Varland, Wilson. Guerra was traded because he stunk. <laughs> like... That's a ton of arms. Yeah. The Brewers did a good job over the offseason bringing in new arms for the bullpen because they did trade away Hater. They went younger and, and did not bring back Boxberger and Suter and some of these other guys that have been around for a while. So many guys got hurt. Like what are you what are you supposed to do when the only two starting pitchers that have stayed healthy this year are Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns and you had a stable of about 8 or 9 starters that were were guys that have actually started games in Major League Baseball. You had 8 or 9 of them. Yeah. Almost all of them except for two have gotten hurt. <laughs> Like, it's not. I would love to say that I want to bitch at Mark Ananasio and bitch at at uh, Matt Arnold and bitch at you know Craig Council or bitch at individual players for sucking when it comes to pitching. Can't, but you can't because they're all hurt. Yeah. Like you gotta, I don't know what else to say. They they weren't able to put ground between them and the Cardinals because they weren't playing good baseball because they had a ragtag team playing. So what happens now with the Brewers? I mean, th- these injuries keep piling up, and obviously they've been losing a lot. What are they lost? The uh, thirteen of their last uh, nineteen games now. I actually thought stretch? about this last. What do you night. What do you do? I thought about this last night. And I wanted to ask you guys: What exactly have the Brewers done well this season? And I say that by also prefacing that with there it's May 23rd. We are almost two months into the season. So we're close to a third of the way done with major league baseball. They are in first place in the central. They have a five game lead on what everyone perceives to be the real competition in the St. Louis Cardinals. What exactly has went right for the Brewers so far this year? They've developed Contreras into one of the top defensive catchers. I'll take that answer because we're stretching. <laughs> you, we're, we're really reaching. Last, you prior see, to this, he was 
crap. Could you say that when they were healthy, you saw flashes of all the young guys, how good they can be potentially moving forward? I mean, that's more of a futuristic. Well, go more. right go right around the diamond. Catching position, you have William Contreras, like RJ said, did improve. His defense is now almost top tier in Major League Baseball when it comes to, to catch uh framing pitches and stealing strikes. That's a big thumbs up. But guess what? He was known as a big-time hitting catcher, a guy that was going to provide a lot of production. He has been thumbs down compared to his normal production when it comes to hitting the baseball. Go to first base. Rowdy Telez. That's been a thumbs up. He's actually played a dinger last night. Yeah, quite well this year. He's been very productive for him. Sorry, 12 of the year. Uh, You go to second base, Bryce Terang for a guy that was a big question mark because you never really know what you're going to get with a a rookie that's never played big league baseball. Mm -hmm. He's had his ups and downs this year. He's been eh. Eh. You look at shortstop, Mm. Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas is hitting 208. Hey, he hit a dinger on Sunday. Like he's played yeah. decent, he's played def, uh, decent defense, but the hitting isn't where you wanted to see it. Almost kind of like last season from Willie Adamas, where it took him the last month or two where he kind of turned it on. But so far, Willie Adamas's hitting hasn't been great. Uh, your starting third baseman hasn't played since uh, the first game against the Cubs, Luis, Luis Arias. You were you had him as a question mark because 2021 he hit over 20 bombs and hit almost 250, mm-hmm. and then the the following year he fell off, didn't have a good season. It was what were you going to get from him? Yeah. Well, you got a hamstring problem when he's not even going to be back till June, mm. so he hasn't even played. Then you look at your outfield. You ideally never wanted Joey Weimer to be in the big leagues until probably about May of 2024. That was a guy that only played about a month of AAA baseball. He, he he really was playing way above his head at the major league level from what he was ready for. Yeah, You had your other guy that you were hoping would be your starting right fielder and Tyrone Taylor. He has been horrible this year, and he's been hurt. He had RBI last night. You have your center fielder and Garrett Mitchell, your most ready uh, AAA prospect, he has a subluxation in his shoulder. He's probably done for the year. Ugh. You have Christian Yelich, who, if you look at his numbers, Yuck. offensively has actually been above average. He, all of a sudden, once he gets hot, hurts his back. I mean, you can go right down the line. Being Win- back is taxing. Winker, Winker has been eh. All the guys off the bench outside of Owen Miller. Owen Miller has been your best bat. And he has been really, really. Owen Miller has been really, really good for was this he team. Like 13, yeah. Was he on a thirteen game hit streak? Yep, and then he effed it up. Yes, yeah, it, it came to an end last night. All because a that guy, dude ran into a wall and caught it. From Mequon, from the state, uh, he has played really, really well. But I mean, Mike Brasso hasn't done anything to wow you. Hey, he uh, had a clean inning yesterday. Yeah, he's pitching. That's not a good thing. <laughs> but like, that's what I'm saying. It's like you can look right around the diamond you just went through, and. There's really right? not a ton of guys that are thumbs up. It's all been eh or bad or you've been hurt. So with and the, you're in first place with all of that. Yeah. I mean, they're tied with the Pirates for first place. Now with all of that, is there only one way for the Brewers to go and that's up or can they still continue to kind of circle a drain? here? Well, I mean, look at, look at the pitching. Like what are you gonna do with pitching? Burns hasn't been good yet. He had his third bad start of the season last night. You have all the guys that we listed that were injured. Freddie Peralta hasn't been as lights out as he's been in the past. Your bullpen 
went from being in this little pocket from 2018 till 2022. For the most part, that bullpen had been a a top 10 or even up to top 5 bullpen when it comes yeah. to ERA and whip. Looked last night, they are 15th in ERA and 14th in whip. So it looks like they've kind of found their uh, level and it's about a middle of the road bullpen. I think if you would have told me from the beginning of the season with the guys that they had lost and what they were bringing back and all the question marks and the late innings and all the question marks with the young, inexperienced arms, I would say a middle-of-the-road bullpen, I probably would have taken it. So am I going to say one of the things that has been a a decent surprise is a bullpen that's middle-of-the-road that's (laughs) had a lot of injuries as well? I mean, it's pretty crazy that you got to really reach at stuff to say what has been really good for this team yet they are in first place, and we're almost two months into the season. So, yeah, it doesn't look pretty, but the division isn't great. They're somehow winning enough games, and let's see if they can get healthy and see where they're at. Let's see. Yep, Brewers, uh, they got <laughs> they got some figuring out to do, especially with those pitchers. Uh, let's see, you're line one. Good morning, who's this? Going once, going twice. Gone. Sold. Uh, we have uh, I a feeling on who that was. I don't know. They they were on hold for a bit there. But did you see the problem with Corbin Burns last night? Like, obviously, it was his third bad start of the season, and he gave up four home runs. He went five innings, gave up five runs. Four of them were solo shots. But did you notice the difference? Of wh- every time he gave up a home run, the pitch, f- three out of the four, we're pretty much right down the pipe. Yeah, Council said after the game that uh, Burns left a lot of cutters hanging. The, three out of the four were basically right down the middle, and the fourth one that wasn't right down the middle, it was low, but it would have split the plate in half, so it was still right down the middle of the plate. And you know what else? There were two things. It was the fact that most of them are right down the middle, and the other part of that was he was behind in the count on every single one of those pitches that got hit out of the ballpark. And actually, if you go and look at his statistics versus his entire career, this is so far his closest season. This is even counting 2018 when he came in as a spot starter and a bullpen guy uh, as a, as his first taste in the big leagues. He, he actually has his worst strikeout to walk ratio since 2019. Uh-oh. And 2019 was the first year in which the Brewers went with the three young pitchers in the rotation for the first time, Woody, Burns, Peralta, and that did not work out well for the Brewers as Peralta and Burns, it looked like, got to that stage a little early. But, yeah, his his walks are up, his strikeouts are down, and he just looks like he's a little off. Yeah, it's not... Does it have to do with the contracts that came up over the offseason and arbitration cases? Pissed. Who knows? He wants out. I would think that he would put that behind him, being that he is a adult pitching in the big leagues. That um, (laughs) maybe they broke him mentally. Really, who knows? Wanting a huge contract from somebody else, but uh, there is something a little off with Burns so far. How many adults in your life do you know that are big babies once uh, they hit a little, uh, you know? A rough patch in the road. Uh, they they become to be giant babies, and they forever change. And you're like, I thought I knew you. So you're just a giant puss. The first round pick of the over the line draft uh, for callers. We select Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. 
Grant, good morning. Wow. Come on. I wouldn't actually be your number one overall pick now. Don't I, I, I'd be up there. I'd be early in the rounds, but come on. Number one, that's, that's a bad Well, technically you are number one, Grant, because you are on the number one uh, for the phone uh, position right now. You are line one. Oh, I'm so line number one. You are line number one, so you are pick number one there by default. Grant, you don't like the. You're not liking the uh, the draft per se for coming to Green Bay in 2025. Explain to me. Oh no 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 no! I well I love it. I'm a Packers owner first of all, so this is going to be great for business. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Wisconsin resident, born and raised, and I love to see our state shining on the national stage. And I love people coming here, so that's great. I just don't want to go. I don't. I don't think that the draft looks like like in Kansas City. Everyone was just standing out in the middle of the field. And that's cool that they got to go. But I remember in April when I was watching, I'm like, man, people will go and watch anything the NFL does, which is great. It's just I don't I, I don't need to go. And I talked to a lot of callers last night who were excited to go, and that's cool. I just, you know, I got to get my two cents, even though that's my job. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know if this is something, you know, unless the company wants to, you know, send me to Pam Yankee's house, well, then maybe I'll go. Maybe then I'm in. What's it called again? Pambo? Yeah, Pambo. It's literally, literally, you walk out in her front or backyard. There's Lambo right there. Like you're looking right at it. It's beautiful. It's 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 awesome. It's amazing. Oh, uh, I didn't. I'll admit, I didn't put the Pambo Lambo thing together. I thought it was a Rambo reference. Oh that, no, that makes more sense. I mean, Lambo Field, Pambo. That makes more sense. Well, if you want to do Rambo, we'll draw first blood. Uh, if we're up there somehow, right, there somewhere. <laughs> but yes, but Grant, uh, or actually, they drew first blood. Rambo did not. Grant. When it comes to the draft, though, I, I mean, I agree with you to a, a point. Like, uh, I probably yeah. wouldn't travel. Uh, I wouldn't go. Like, hell, I was in Chicago. I didn't really care to go. I wouldn't go to Kansas City. I wouldn't go wherever. Like, I'd rather just watch it on my TV uh, for some background noise. But since it is in Green Bay, I would go experience it. And we do have that little uh, caveat that is Pambo to, uh, to alleviate some of the parking yeah. issues and staying and, you know, to go to the bathroom and partying and whatnot. Logistics. Yeah. Things of that nature. Yeah. It is cool, though, uh, and it's Mark Murphy's little crown jewel. This will be uh, Mark Murphy's last little hurrah as he turns 70 years old. That's when you're done being the president and CEO of the Packers. They kick you out at 70. I don't know if you knew that or not. Well, this is like Mark Murphy's last little tip of the hat before he's out of here for the Packers. Which is, it's cool. I know this has been something they were you know, trying to work on for a while, so it's, it's cool to finally see it land. Now I'm really enjoying the, the comments and the tweets from all the NFL people who are like, Green Bay. Where am I going to stay? I don't want to drive from I don't want to drive from Appleton every day, and then then like the Packers beat fighting back and saying actually Oshkosh hosts a big air show every year. You don't even know, and it's like I was enjoying the discourse on Twitter yesterday. Basically, infrastructure uh, Twitter. Basically, like is the airport big enough? Is there a hotel, enough hotel rooms? Things like that. Yeah. Which is why I thought of Ben Kenny because that's the type of topic that Ben Kenny, for some reason, like he loves talking about airports. Loves talking about highways, things like that. So I'm I'm definitely gonna catch Ben if he joins you guys after nine o'clock today. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. We gotta soak up our final moments with Ben as he's done on Friday. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. It's 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 yeah. bittersweet, you know. Uh, but Grant. It's all it's all the people that bitch about it. Like um, there was like some NFL writer, uh, I forget what his name was, but he's like, I can't believe it's in Green Bay. I can see Milwaukee, but in Green Bay, yeah, it's Ben like, Albright, I think. Yeah, Ben, ben yeah. Albright. That's it. It's like, aren't you the same dude that like 
uh, went on a Twitter tirade about how you're cheating on your wife emotionally by like getting like I don't care about you, dude. Like you were a loser. Yeah, so, <laughs> we are not the same. It's like we're not the same, you and I, Ben. Let's yeah, relax a little bit. Yeah, the guy's a, a donkey. It's like Milwaukee. There's no NFL team in Milwaukee. Where else could you get Grant? Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's like Americana. You have all that old style, like, you know, the the house and the white picket fence of the old thinking yeah. of what America was. And then smack dab in the middle of some uh, supper clubs and some awesome bars, people tailgating in parking lots, you know, th- you know, their driveways. You got Lambeau Field. I mean, what a better way to show off the last kind of, uh, I would say, just old-timey America uh, left you know, in yeah. the States. It's it's so cool to show off Green Bay like that. Well, and Lambo, look, I go to the Packer game every couple of years. It's a long drive. And if I go too much, the fun kind of goes away. You know how that goes, Evo. Like, if you're driving to a concert every weekend, I love concerts, but I would get, you know, I'd get worn out. I wouldn't enjoy the concerts as much. And for me, it's the same with Packer games. Like, I go every once in a while just to go experience Lambo and remember how cool it is. And it is a good reminder, you know, as often as we're kind of force-fed Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football, and yeah. the announcers are always like, this is one of the best stadiums in sports, and you've never been here, you've got to come enjoy it, you know, the, the same messaging every year. All the other arenas or stadiums in football, they're so corporate, right? you got SoFi and L.A. and AT&T. They look so – there's no character. There's no charm, no. right, in the same way that maybe different baseball stadiums have charm. That, that's not really a thing in the NFL, but it is a thing with Lambeau. Um, despite it maybe not being the newest and and having the fanciest concession stands and all the things, it's just cool. And at the end of the day, sports stadiums are supposed to be cool. So I'm 100% with you. I just hope the weather's not miserable so people can be outside and and enjoy Wisconsin a little bit because April's a little bit of a toss-up. Yeah, uh, people were like uh, trying to attack me for uh, saying that Mark Murphy's Hill was going to be closed in late April. It's like, well, uh, first of all, God, no. First of all, do you not believe Greta Thunberg? We're going to be in a swamp by 2025. And second of all, the yeah. freaking hill closes in March. It's like they shut it down in early March. The draft is late April. So uh, let's – people, people, Grant Pills. Hey, Grant, I, I want to do uh, – do, do, do people, Evo, do people not intimately know the schedule of the sledding hill and when it opens and closes? Casual. That's what I say. They're all casual. I just don't understand how how you just can't, like, I don't know, use your brain to know it's late April (laughs) and also maybe go to Google and just type in Packers Title Town Sledding and it gives you a freaking schedule of when it's open or not. Like, it's it's not. Oh, my God. The Internet's at the tip of your fingers. You can literally know, do, see anything. Uh, Yet people refuse to just, you know, try to be somewhat intelligent on there. Grant. Speaking of intelligence, uh, you and your prowess for the NBA, always good. Uh, before we get into the games that are going on, I see the Bucks narrowing a group of top candidates uh, for the head coaching search. Nick Nurse, Kenny Atkinson uh, of Golden State, his assistant, and Toronto's assistant, Adrian Griffin. Who jumps out of that, uh, that list for you? These coaches will be part of a final conversation with Milwaukee leadership this week. Well, selfishly, I really like Kenny Atkinson. It's not a name that has gotten a lot of run. It's been a lot of Monty Williams and all bunch of like Ty Lue and even Doc Rivers at some point last week was seemingly the choice. I don't remember who reported if it was Chris. He was like a sneaky candidate or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, whatever language was used. They always use the most interesting specific words. But I really like Kenny Atkinson. I loved him in Brooklyn. I loved that Brooklyn team that he coached. And then that team broke up. Uh, for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then they brought in Steve Nash. And since he's been an assistant in Golden State, so a very flexible, uh, a, a very, I would say, innovative coaching staff in Golden State, and that they'll change things up and they'll adjust and they'll really kind of 
draft fly by the seat of their pants in the postseason. A lot of that was Steve Kerr, but Atkinson's been on that staff, so I like him. The Nick Nurse-Adrian Griffin combo is interesting to me. I think they really like some of the things that Nick Nurse does, but I don't think a lot of people love Nick Nurse. I think he's a little bit abrasive, and I don't know if he always comes across the best, and I think that's come out in his relationship and and the dynamic with some of his teammates and, and players. I think Adrian Griffin is, we want Nick Nurse, but we don't want Nick Nurse specifically. So we're going to take his top lieutenant, a guy who's been an assistant for a long time. He's kind of been on this path and started his coaching career in Milwaukee as an assistant a little over 10 years ago. So I would be cool with any of the three choices. I would prefer either Griffin or Atkinson. Yeah, I remember you uh, early on in the once Budenholzer was fired being like, no to Nick Nurse, no to Nick Nurse. Do you come around to it a little bit then, yeah. Grant? I mean, look, if he has... You know how it goes. If it ends up being the coach, I'm going to come around to it because yeah, he'll be our guy. So, yeah. And I'm not going to sit around and whine and be miserable all the time. I, I think they could do better than Nick Nurse. Adrian Griffin is maybe a little bit more of a a little bit more of a risk because he hasn't been a head coach, but I think there might be more upside there. And Nick Nurse is a defensive coach. The defense hasn't been the issue for the Bucks In big moments and in fourth quarters of the games, they lost themselves on offense. So they need a guy to to address that, and I just don't think Nick Nurse is that good. I was reading that the Bucks are thinking of uh, they're going to pay the luxury tax again and bring back Chris Middleton and was a player option, and Brooke Lopez as well. Uh, you like bringing back uh, yeah. kind of the gang again for Giannis? Well, it's either you bring those guys back or you kind of are left with nothing because you can't let Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez go and then turn around and use that money on other players. That's no. not how... NBA contracts work. So what I think is the best case scenario, and it's still not great, is you sign Brooke Lopez to a deal that everyone likes. I think maybe there's a way in which Brooke Lopez wants to be back in Milwaukee, maybe isn't willing to take less, but is, is very much willing to work with the team to, to figure out a contract that, that works. And then I think you bring back Chris Middleton on the deal that he commands, and then maybe in a year or two, if you're feeling like you need to move on and you need to change things up, then you look to deal him. His value is not that high anyways, and signing trades are really hard to do. So I think the best-case scenario is keep Chris Middleton, keep the asset, and then if you need to revisit in a year, revisit in a year. But if you don't bring him back this offseason, you're you know, essentially left with nothing, and that's less than ideal to just let a, a valuable asset go and a great teammate of Giannis go with no way to replace his production at all. Grant, um, on the Western Conference Finals, Jokic company yeah. Nuggets uh, punched their ticket. They sweep the Lakers. LeBron's like feigning retirement, yada, yada, yada. What did you think of the series and the Nugs getting in to the championship round? Well, I watched plenty last night because the Brewers fell by. I don't even know what happened with the Brewers. I sat down, <laughs> and they were, what was it, a 2-1 game? And then I looked up at some point, and it was like 4-1. And then I actually took a, a couple minute break and come back, and then it was ten to one. I'm like, well, okay, so I'm going to watch basketball. And Jokic is unbelievable. The Nuggets are really good, and it just kind of seems like their year, which is awesome. Great for them. LeBron was brilliant last night. LeBron was LeBron was so good last night. Nobody was hitting shots. Anthony Davis didn't have a great game, so the Lakers end up losing. LeBron, I wondered when we were going to get this Evo, right? Like nobody thinks LeBron is retiring. But now we've entered the point in his career where he can mention it on his way out the door every year, which I think is just great for debate. I mean, come on. How how much run did we get out of Rodgers almost retiring for two or three years? Oh, go back to that. Brett Favre before that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. LeBron was unbelievable last night. It's just too bad for him that none of his teammates were. What about uh, tonight then, Grant? Celtics, Heat, Jimmy Buckets. 
and company and the Heatles Sands Tyler Hero, which is a huge blow for them. Are they going to sweep the Celtics? Yeah. Uh, probably, man. I mean, come on. They're down 0-3. If they had any bit of fight, we would have seen it by now. The the Celtics are just so, they're just so, I don't know, just embarrassing. That's such a soft team. And my team lost in five to the Heat. Like the, It's not like the Bucks put up some crazy great performance. They kind of melted down in, in the fourth quarters too, but... The Celtics lost both games at home and then gave up in the second quarter of game three. That's insane. You know, that's insane. Like, and I think the Heat, they got the better player, the better coach, but it's been wild to watch the Celtics melt down and pretty fun, if we're being honest. I'm, I've come around completely, Evo. I, I'm not, like, actively cheering for the Heat, but I, I am not, not enjoying their success. They're yeah. a really impressive team. I respect what they're doing, and, you know, normally I hate the team that knocks my team out, but I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm just going to tip my cap and I'm going to enjoy watching them however far they go because that's how impressive it's been. Do you think uh, Jimmy Butler's always had that dog in him, but do you think Grant Williams yeah. even uh, rattled that cage of that dog a little more and he's woken up even a bigger beast? Probably, but you know what? Grant Williams, I, I think it's Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard are the leading shot makers. They've made more buckets than any other Celtics player in the fourth quarter. Grant Williams isn't scared, at least. Like, I, I don't know if I would have poked Jimmy Butler the way he did, but at least Grant Williams isn't scared. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown look scared in the fourth quarter. Like, this, this team has gotten – and Grant Williams is one of the few guys who he's, – he's talking his, you know, his, his S, and he's, you know, going jaw to jaw with Jimmy Butler, but at least he's not scared, and he's about the only one on the Celtics. Yeah. So, Grant, let me ask you, brother. Brewers really quick. Yeah. Wisco Chad called in. Oh. Wisco Chad called in, and he said, tell Grant his Brewers aren't doing too well. Well, what are we thinking about the Brewers? Are we hitting any panic buttons yet? What are you guys doing about the Brewers? I barely talked about them. They haven't really given me much to talk about on my show. What are you injuries, about in the injuries, morning? injuries, injuries. Yeah. Starting pitching rotation it's is tough, not- dude. Well, Brody, Brody brought up we- a good topic. He's like, what have the Brewers, they're in first place or tied for first place. What have the Brewers done good and, and, and right so far this year? Yeah. Well, or, or put it this way, Evo. Like, what's one thing the Brewers are great at? You know what I mean? What's, the, what's yes. their strength? What's their calling card? They don't have right one. The They're just average at everything. Pretty much. And the Cliff Notes version, since you missed the game last night, a lot of balls left the park off of Houston Astro bats. And, and, oh. and Cliff Notes. That was it. Hey, well, I thank you for that summary, Rowdy. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I, I heard as I woke up this morning, uh, cutters were being hung, getting too much of the plate. Yep. Council uh, said that. Didn't count. Yep. Dude, I woke up this morning. I I haven't been sleeping good this week. I don't know what it was. And I could not keep my eyes open. So for about 40 minutes before we were supposed to talk at 740, I was just going in and out of, of a light sleep, a fever sleep. But I had you guys on my phone. So oh. I, I would hear Rowdy and he would say, you know, Cutter or Corbin Burns. And then I would drift off for 10 seconds. And then I'd come back and, and Charlie had called in and he wants to go to Pambo. And I, it was a very confusing <laughs> morning. So I, I listened to a lot of the so the, rowdy the, rowdy's talking puts you back to sleep. Then <laughs> well, they didn't put it also woke me up. Like, Charlie, I, well, Charlie's very jarring. Yeah, Charlie is jarring. I know. A Basically, that's voice. what you just experienced. There might be your brewer experience for the next month. In and out of uh, games, <clears throat> just checking scores. Well, that's the thing is, and I get you know optimistic brewers fans, and I try to be optimistic. It's like, well, they just need to get healthy. Okay, but Woodruff's not going to be healthy forever. And Aaron Ashby's not going to be healthy forever. And Eric Lauer, even when he's been healthy, hasn't been good. So I, 
I guess I just am failing to see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though the Brewers could get healthy. Don't get me wrong. Luis Arias, I mean, my God, what a shot in the arm he'll be when he comes back. Hopefully. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. There's not much positive to say, which is a bummer, because I want to talk about this team more. Grant, um, before I let you go, I do enjoy your Twitter. I love your Monday media availability videos as well. Uh, they really crack me up. I thought, I thought on your Twitter – you were talking about being at a Smash Mouth concert. Is that tweet gone now? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Is that is the tweet um, gone? Is it gone? I'm trying to find. No, it. It, it's still up there. I oh here I it is. The, yeah, great for Green Bay. Announced. Great for Green Bay into each their own uh, about the draft. However, I can't understand why people stand outside for hours to watch it in person. And I once stood outside in the rain in Rice Lake to see Smash Mouth at Aquafest. Tell me more about seeing yeah. Smash Mouth in Rice Lake. Beautiful. By the way, Rice Lake, well, one of our great affiliates. Yeah, I love right there. That's, that's God's country in this state. Is up 53, that corner, northwest Wisconsin. Mm, beautiful. I, I love it. It is, oh, my God, it's incredible. Oh, Solon Springs, Gordon, oh, oh, Barnes, you get up there. I, I love that corner. Anyways, so I I think it was my senior year of high school. I had a, a buddy, a couple buddies. We were in a band, and uh, one of the guys says, hey, there's a concert up in Rice Lake. We're thinking of going. It's Blind Melon Ooh. opening for Smash Mouth. And I said, all right, I'm in. I don't even care. I don't care who, I, who, when, I, I'm going. Yeah, let's go. And Blind Melon was, I guess I didn't know what to expect, but I did not expect that. Uh, and then Smash Mouth actually played a pretty lit show. The lead singer at one point ran off the stage, and because the stage was so small, I could see him run directly into his camper. And then he reemerged, I don't know, 30 seconds later. Middle middle of a song. I don't know what he went back there to do. I Drugs. Know, he, you know, was, was prairie dog and had to relieve himself. Drugs. Yeah, Probably that was my drugs. Experience. Yeah. Man, smash. Yeah, smash. or that. Or that. It was pretty good. Walking on the Sun really got the crowd going. Of oh, course, oh. I'm a believer in all the Shrek songs, but Walking on the Sun is the one I remember. <clears throat> I didn't know Blind Melon still did their thing because um, I thought um, their lead singer had passed away. Yeah, Dan uh, has been gone for a while, but they had a filling guy. Oh, okay. Were they were they any good? Did uh, they close with no rain? They did, and I they were just kind of like a noise band. It was very weird. Yeah. And, and again, it was fine. It's just not what I expected. So. Grant, uh, thanks for yeah. bearing with us for the Gremlins in the in the system and joining us a little later than usual. I'm glad you're awake, aware, and we can't wait for uh, some Wisco sports for tonight, four to six, my friend. I can't wait either, and, and no worries about the rescheduling. It gave me time to go see our friends at Quick Trip and, <laughs> and get a delicious cup of dark roast to wake up. Love so, it. Great. No problem at all. You the man, brother. We love you. I got a lot of questions about this event that's coming up on Thursday, May 25th, and the man who can answer my questions is here, Brian Lucas from Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin. Brian, what's going on, man? How, how you been? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Tell us, uh, that we were talking a little off air. How has it been in this offseason compared to offseasons of the past with now the Luke Fickle era upon us? Yeah, you know, most offseasons, I think Wisconsin just kind of fades into the background because people people know what to expect from Wisconsin. We've been very consistent over the last, since I've been here, 25 years, yeah. um, even going further back. Um, but people really knew what to expect. Now, um, with Coach Fickle coming in, the new coaching staff, um, a bunch of new faces to blend with some old faces. Um, we've we've really there's been a lot of talk about the Badgers, what the Badgers will look like, and uh, a lot of excitement that 
There's um, a lot of name tags in the building, like, hello, my name is... Totally, Luke yeah. Fickle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the staff... Um, hey, you're not a Wisconsin guy. You're not a Wisconsin guy. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely a change, but um, a lot of energy. You know, they, they've been on the road. Um, most of the coaches this month in May has been recruiting, so I think they're back in this week, and then official visits start um, in January and uh, June, yeah. first weekend of June. So, yeah, it's fun to have them go out, come back in, and, and see what they're bringing. And now, you, I mean, you have not only that, but the NIL is getting more of its claws dug in, obviously, and you have uh, you know, the transfer portal, all these kids coming in. Uh, it's, has it been for you just a whirlwind since all of this has kind of went down? Yeah, there, there's a lot of changes, not only with Wisconsin football, but with the landscape yeah. of, of college football and college athletics. Crazy. Um, Just wait so, till USC and UCLA come in. I know, and that, that's another one. And then we've got uh, new TV broadcast partners. CBS and NBC are, are broadcasting game, Big Ten games next year. So you're gonna be a busy bee. Uh, yeah, it's great. I I like being busy. Yeah, and uh, change is change is good too. Like change. Some people get scared of change. Change is good. Change is good. It is. It has been good. I mean, the coaching staff has been tremendous to deal with. You know, I I. I get to I'm lucky enough to have to deal with them um a yeah. lot and and they've been great from coach Fickle, coach Longo, coach Tressel, all the assistants um very willing to to play my games um and and be out there and awesome. and spread the good word of Badger football. Can't wait for the big noon kickoff. At a 11. big a Big 10 big noon kickoff at 11 central time our time <laughs> but 9 in the morning in LA when they take on USC in a couple of years it's it's just going to be hilarious are you getting ready to go out, to, out west and start traveling are yeah I mean, we, we've got one already this year I mean we go to Washington State oh, that's yep, the return yep, yep. game we got um, a little revenge on the mind there yeah exactly but yeah I, I wouldn't mind a, a two game road swing to USC UCLA in, <laughs> in November you know stay out there for that 10 days that would be just days. fine that would be just That'd fine be awesome. All right, so uh, coming up here for Wisconsin I want to dive into this, uh, but first, you personally, can you feel like, can you feel it in the halls when you're walking around? Can you feel just the energy kind of change for you personally? Yeah, it, when you walk through the, the football office, actually now there's a little bit of construction going on in the football office, <laughs> um, but everyone in there from recruiting guys to GAs to assistant coaches, um, it's, you know, kind of nonstop yeah. action. The, the recruiting guys, Max and Patter. Are, are a lot of energy, and I think as you can see on social media with what happens with our recruits. Um, Let me ask you on that. Yeah. So when Luke Fickle tweets out the bat signal, the, like the like the the recruiting, like we got another one coming. Are you involved in that in any way, shape, or form, or is I, it just you just are like us? Like, what's going to happen? I am not. I am as surprised as okay. <laughs> as anyone else. When, when I don't that, know if you like knew before anyone else. You're no. like, oh, they're going to like this one. No. Because whenever I see that tweet go out, I'm like, I'm like, okay, what do we got next? What do we got? Yeah, next? I mean that that plays into the excitement. Anytime that comes out, um, you know, the fan base gets their hairs oh, yeah. up, and, oh, yeah. and everyone, everyone wants to see what's how, next. How has it changed for you? Because I feel like with Barry Alvarez, Brett Bielema, Gary Anderson, uh, Paul Christ, it's very like you kind of mentioned at the beginning, very low key. It's very, you know, this is what we do. We're going to do it. Now, all of a sudden, Luke Fickle comes in, and you guys are throwing up billboards in New York City. You guys are throwing up billboards in Chicago. He he came up with the little social media trend with the bat signal. It feels like it's very 21st century where it's like brand new, innovative things. Yeah, I, I'd say um, when Brett first started, I mean, he it was his first you know, his first head coaching experience and he was coming off of Barry. I think 
Brett wanted to push the envelope a, a little bit and, and did at times. Um, I'd say Gary and and Paul. Gary, I think, was, again, just trying to get his feet wet and then, um, you know, wasn't really here a long time. Then Paul Paul was and is, like, Wisconsin. Like, yeah, he's Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. He's Wisconsin. Just understated. Yeah. Um, classy, so, classy understated. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Luke came in, um, and I think the staff that Luke has – they they definitely push the envelope and I think have allowed the athletic department to kind of get behind it as well. You see some of the billboard stuff yeah. we've done, um, definitely the social media stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's I think it, it's getting Wisconsin out there in a different way than we than we typically have. Like the billboard in New York was cool. Like that was that was awesome to see. Like and they were like like Rowdy said, Chicago, whatever else. That was just cool to see. One was it Times Square? Was it by Times Square? Like where yeah, was that? Yeah, the, the Times Square uh, billboards was um, the Varsity Collective. Yeah, that was cool. Had done that, and then we did the ones in Chicago and Milwaukee around when they first went out um, recruiting. Um, and it we had an event in Milwaukee awesome. as well. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty cool. Speaking of events. Thursday, I can't believe I'm saying this, 100 days to kickoff the scavenger hunt. Tell us more, Brian, about the scavenger hunt and how many interns you have out there hiding these helmets. You know what? I, I wish we had interns. I have one. You can use them if you want. Because I'm, I'm going to be driving to Waukesha at 3.30 you in the morning on Thursday to hide some helmets in Waukesha. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Give us a map. We'll, we'll, give us a map. We'll. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. give you a heads up so you can be out there at 5.45 getting Well, we have to be here, so I guess uh-huh. maybe not. Yeah. So last year we did this. Um, the first year we did it, and we did it in four cities. Yeah. Um, Madison was one of them. We also did Appleton, Eau Claire, and then Racine, Kenosha. Um, so this year we're kind of expanding <laughs> it and doing four regions, if you will. So in the Madison area, we're going to hit Madison, Sun Prairie, and Verona, um, but also hit Burlington, Hudson, Mineral Point, Oshkosh, Waukesha, and Wausau. So we kind of divided into four low, um, regions, and each region will have 100 helmets. And so on Thursday morning at 6 a.m., we will announce the specific locations in each of those cities where these helmets can be found. And they're mini helmets. They're not like, like a... When, when you say mini, are, like, are we talking like the ones from like the 25-cent machine? Bigger or no. smaller than Or like than the ones that are behind me? That, those, exactly those size, yeah. Okay, so cool. it's sort of like if you... Sort of like the size of like a softball. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're baby helmets. You know the one I'm talking about? Like when we were kids, right, yeah, like 25% yeah, they, ones that you yeah. like kind of put them together? Correct. Those no, not cool. those. These are a little easier to find than those. Um, and then each helmet is in a kind of plastic case, and that it'll have a QR code on the, on the case. You scan that code, and you find out what you've won. We're giving away a bunch of tickets to awesome. home games, including the Ohio State game. You can win tickets to the Ohio State game. Um, also, Badger gear. There's gift cards from Bucky's Locker Room and Quick Trip and um, some Culver's Ooh. prizes as well. And you said you're going where again? I will be in Waukesha. How would you pull that? Did you pull like the, the, the short straw for that? Like how did that all come No, to so last year I was in Eau Claire, <laughs> so I was even further away. I had a hotel room. But, you know, last year, so we started it. We had no idea what to expect last year. So it, we started at 6, 6 a.m. We announced the location, locations throughout the state by 7.30 a.m., Everything was gone. Wow. Because people... Dedication. I mean, like I said, I was in Eau Claire, and by 6.15, there were 40, 45 people in the park that I was in, in Badger gear, <laughs> looking for helmets. And it was it was crazy. So it was awesome. So did you blend in, or they like, hey, there's the guy? No, they somehow, they sniffed out there that I was the guy. They were like, hey, do you have any more helmets? Like, so no, you I said you, you go and set these up. <laughs> like, do you guys have, like... <laughs> 
That's funny. People from the city saying like, hey, maybe you should hide them here. Are you just Are you going literally rogue? walking out into the park at three in the morning, laying helmets down? And they're like, what the hell is this guy in a red badger shirt doing walking around the park? So exactly that. Well, last year, we, I, I was have, like, why do you guys ask me these questions? I have like one of those coal miners lights <laughs> that I put on my head at. No, it's nice because the sun comes up around 530 and it's supposed yeah. to be sunny on Thursday. So by five-ish, it's sort of... be fine. Yeah. So if you're out there at 430, it's it's kind of dark. But yeah, we, we made sure there were a couple of us. Like we didn't go by ourselves. So it was you had to have a buddy. I'll say they don't have you with 100 helmets like no. hiding in the park somewhere. No, right? exactly. <laughs> um, so we, 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 we placed them out more than hid them okay, last me, I was year. Gonna, that was my next question is like when you're quote-unquote, hiding them, like, how difficult do you make it? Like, oh, I'm going to really screw with them here. I'm going to put in, like, this hole in the tree. Or I think this year we're going to get a little more difficult. Like, we don't want to <laughs> dig holes or make people <laughs> climb up in a tree to get it, um, but make it a little more difficult that they're not just out in the open. I'm just envisioning you with a headlamp on at like 3.30 in the morning in a park. Oh, yeah. These little football helmets. And like the cops have a spotlight. It's all. It's just guy? you with like Sir. a bag of helmets. You're like... You better hope they're Badger fans if they run it's into the you. Badger <laughs> scavenger. Yeah. You got some Iowa boys out there like, oh, we're going to miss no, it. All right, so Brian, that's awesome stuff. So um, it starts Thursday. It's Thursday. And you said last year by 7.30, all the helmets were gone. Yeah, what? it was by 7.30, 8 o'clock. But we that was done. less helmets, right? Um, or was it the same amount of helmets? Same amount of helmets. Oh, same so. amount of helmets. But we will we will also have... It's the region's bigger now. Yep. Yeah. We'll also have, um, if you get out there and you can't find a helmet, we'll have some signs around the park that have QR codes. Okay, cool. You can scan those um, for a chance to win. And we're also doing, on social media that day, if you can't get out, to the part to the locations if you or if you're not in town um you can follow the uw badgers social media accounts on twitter instagram facebook we'll do some fun giveaways there and that's also where we will announce the locations at 6 a.m on thursday and we'll make sure you guys have the locations so that you can tell it on air you can't give any hints to, to oh. family members we'll give it to you at like 558 <laughs> so that we make sure you know you guys are not the most trustworthy folk well i don't have hey hey <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have anyone in the waukesha area uh but i i am from dodgeville wisconsin which is close to mineral point we're gonna, is, get, yeah. uh, we're gonna get bill out there yeah we'll get bill michaels over in that area uh, by you brian but yeah i got some people in mineral point that i could send out um, I will be on my best behavior, though. I won't tell anyone to go snakes up for me personally. I want everyone else to experience the magic. For when, I can't believe it. I'm saying 100 days to kick off. Yeah, September 2nd, Buffalo. What's What's the busiest? When do you really start like, oh, God, like all my stuff's coming at me full force? When do you really like, is it a week leading up to the first game or is it? Um, Big Ten Media Days, which is late July, is yeah. sort of the kickoff of, okay, we're going. And then when camp starts... Camp is usually a grind for everyone. I mean, yeah. it's every day, and um, so that, and then yeah, then probably two weeks before the first game. At least you don't have to move all the weight uh, equipment to the Seminary Hill. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I, if you know I, RJ, he used to have to do that. When I first started, that's where we had camp. Yeah, Did you have coach. to move the weight? I, I was no, I RJ I had to stay to. out RJ there. And, <laughs> yeah, hey Brian, uh, you're the best. Thank, it's nice seeing you, by the way. Thanks yeah. so much for coming in. Thanks hey. for having me.